I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to an all-new Better Podcasting live chat. I'm Steven, and with me, of course, is SP. Yo, what's up, everybody? We are a podcast about podcasting. This is our live chat, so if you want to come to our live chat room at www.geeks.live, you can go into our chat room and ask us any podcasting questions that you want. That's what we're here for. We're here for you. That's true, and that means that if you didn't know this, you should check us out at... Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 5 p.m. Pacific at geeks.live. SP, it has been an interesting week for the Better Podcasting fans. Uh, It's the first time in a long time we missed last week's episode. We had great ambitions of recording it, and things didn't come together at the end. We had to move it from the Tuesday, and then at the end of the week, it didn't come together. So if you are checking out this show going, wait a minute. I didn't get my Better Podcasting main show in between my Better Podcasting live chats. Well, you are correct. But here's the little bonus episode that you didn't know about. All you got to do is close your eyes and imagine what we said. And there's your little unique bonus episode for you. I was actually doing that all weekend. I was like, you know what? I could probably record a quick five-minute episode and put it in the feed. And Stephen wouldn't know, but... I didn't even have time for that. It's wow. It's been a busy time. I was working way beyond where we would record on Friday. There was no way that we were going to get a recording in. And and we mentioned long ago that we would like to stay away from recording on the weekend. We just, yeah, we've done it before. We're not really big fans of it. It's almost like this is our hobby and we prioritize fun. And sometimes that means that the listener suffers occasionally. (laughs) Yeah, it was just one of those cases, you know, normally I wouldn't be talking about it at the front end of the show, but since this is a podcast about podcasting, you know, open the barn doors a little bit and and tell everybody, yeah, this this could have been a how I say my podcast story, but honestly, it was just a case where we could not podcast this past week for the Better Podcasting main show. And so we just decided to skip it and and we will be back next week with a, a full episode probably the same episode that we were going to record last week, but it is just a factor of, of how things go. So if you and your hobby podcast are not uh, capable of recording an episode, don't worry about it. Now we did tell everybody through our social media accounts that we were not going to record the podcast because we, we do it live and a lot of people try to catch us live. So we just wanted to inform them that yeah, nothing was wrong aside from the fact that we couldn't get an episode out. So we did do that, but we didn't go ahead and and do a recording. I mean, this could be anything, Stephen. This could be, I could have lost my voice, which has happened from time to time, but I could have lost my voice and we couldn't have recorded. Uh, we both could have been sick. Uh, we both could have had family stuff going on. So there's just a variety of different things that could happen if you're a solo show or if you have two to three hosts. It just happens from time to time. So you just take a deep breath, uh, enjoy the week off, as it were, and, and it bugs you. It, it, Steven, how much did it bug you not recording? It, it bugged me quite a bit. I did feel a little bit out of out of sorts, but um, I also appreciated the time. 
So you just keep on going and, and that's it. And it, it allows you, it's like a snow day. You know, <laughs> I don't, Stephen, do you ever get snow days where you are? Uh, once in a while we do because we're, we don't get a lot of snow, so we don't get much snow and then it becomes a snow day as such because we're not <laughs> right. prepared, right? Like even the South, they might have snow days either if it's too cold or if they have ice, you know, no snow. So they, they get a day off of, of school. I'm not sure how that's going to happen going forward. You know, oddly enough, my son had a snow day today because in Madison, Wisconsin, where he moved to, they had an unexpected snowstorm. I don't know how you happen to have an unexpected snowstorm in Madison, Wisconsin, but they had an unexpected snowstorm, so he couldn't drive into work and uh, he was subjected to the telework curse. Like, no, you can't come yeah. into work. That's okay. You can telework. So that's what he did. All right. Well, I had a segue somewhere in there to this article I wanted to mention. Something about if you miss a week. I know what it was. If you miss a week, don't feel too bad because according to an article from Axios, oh, only yes. the top 1% of podcasts receive 90%, 99% of the downloads. Now, for those of you who have been following this whole concept of percentages, that sounds like a very familiar term elsewise. So I'll reserve judgment to believe maybe an, believe this. maybe an ec economic reality there. Per perhaps it, it just yeah, okay. it seems very coincidental. However, this is what this article in Axios was claiming was uh, it was an an article that was analyzing the podcast business boom and how they are doing trying to make money these biggest businesses off of there and there was an article in here that did say that the top one percent of podcasts receive 99 percent of downloads now i guess that i don't want to get too far into this because you can just go read the article if you want and look at all the details on that but i wanted to bring this up because we here uh better podcasting like to focus on the hobby podcaster and and we do say you should do podcasting for fun that's a huge reason that you should be doing doing things for fun. But the reality is, I think that a lot of us podcasters that are hobbyists do want to see that show grow on some level. Some of us really want to prioritize that more than other hobby podcasters. But I think all of us want to, in some level, see that show grow. But what I think is nice about being a hobby podcaster and knowing that you're doing it as a hobby is you've always got that crutch. You've always got that that safety net for you where it's like, okay, I see an article like this and this was my take. And, and so I'm saying you, but this is my take when I saw this. It's like, if I was a business podcast or someone trying to make money off this, I might be very deflated off of that concept that there's a very small percentage of podcasts that are getting the majority of downloads. But I go, I'm, I'm a hobbyist. And so cool. I'm doing this for me largely. And what do I care? I'll grow it to my own abilities and I'm podcasting for myself and I'm going to prioritize my life and how podcasting fits into that. That's the way that it's going to be. So it's a little safety net that I had as I, I read this article. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I think there's a lot of a business out there that want to take advantage of this. Uh, there's always the edge in business. There's always uh, how can we do better? How can we communicate better? How can we get our brand out there? Uh, how can we uh, assist the community in, in whatever we're doing for a service? And for that aspect, I think podcasting is an avenue that a lot of them want to try. 
I think a lot of them go into it with maybe some incorrect goals in mind. Maybe they don't have somebody that can take a really critical look at podcasting and tell them what it truly can be used for and what it truly cannot be used for. Now, for any company, and we, we don't talk about this so much from the, the business standpoint ever, but for any company, they want to make profit somehow. So the, the podcast itself has to lead to some sort of profitability. And if they don't see that return, they're just going to shut it down and then go with something else or they get bored with it or it's a waste of resources. Let's try uh, leveraging something else for a hobbyist. It's just for fun. Uh, and as long as it continues to be fun, whether that's a, a moderate growth, a, a little community that you get around your podcast or, or whether it's just your creative needs being met, right? So you, you really want to uh, create an audio entertainment or infotainment or education or, or something like that. You want to create that and, and it satisfies your need for that. So you don't have to worry about making money off of it or whatever. I think that's the crux of podcasting right now, even today. I think hobbyist, hobby podcasting is even more valuable today than it ever was in the midst of all of this talk about monetization. And there's a ton of talk about monetization just, just in the last month. See, have you been paying attention to the news? It's like yeah. every single news story is about profitability or making money or or how much money is flowing into the space. It's just all about money. And, and I have to say that it is not all about money, that there is a level of fun and hobby uh, creativeness in it. And you bring up actually a really interesting point there because we've even talked about that on here, but a lot of the uh, folks who do consulting for podcasting and things like that, they, they're very quick to bring up the, the idea that a podcast is usually not an instant win. It's it's a more of a long burn, and that's what it that's the way podcasting has been. Is that you build up your audience, and again, we've talked about that on here. Through, I think we even talked about that in the real expectations of podcasting. Is you can't expect it just to be floodgates open of listeners. But thinking about what you were just saying there with people coming in trying to make money and getting out. That will be interesting, I think, just to follow in general in the industry, because if people who are making money consulting on podcasts are still going of the way of yesteryear of the long burn, they're going to miss a whole segment there of potential clients who aren't going to go for that ride because that's not the way they work. It's why, why you look at radio stations that rebrand every other year because the company that owning, owns them is trying to get that instant success. And they're not willing to wait for that to build up. They're, they're like, okay, it didn't work. Next format. Okay, it didn't work. Next format. And if all of a sudden that's what people are looking for to, as they get in there, then there's going to be a little bit of a shift on, on that and be interesting to see how those who are making money consulting on podcasting, whether they adapt or they just put their drag their, stick their heels in and go, hey, no, it's my way. I'm stuck in the past. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that can stick in the past, like uh, like subscriptions. And, and from subscriptions, I'm not talking about subscribing to a podcast. I'm talking about uh, subscriptions to uh, buy your podcast, like the yeah. like listener buying your podcast. 
Uh, I, I think we're we're at a precipice there where there's more acceptance of it. But on the other hand, you have to give the value to a, a significant amount of people in order to make that work. And I just see more and more emphasis on it. And and I don't know if it's for every podcaster. I, I think most podcasters, it's not for. Sure, you can do some crowdfunding. You can do Patreon. You can do PayPal direct donations and, and stuff like that if, if you wanted to. but that brings a tax headache into things, mm. possibly a business headache into things. And you have to be ready to do it. It's not just, okay, if I was 18, 19 in college again, and, and I was just looking to make a quick buck, you know, it, it might be something that I'd be willing to try, but I would not know <laughs> the, the tax implications of it. Uh, something like uh, tax preparation software might help you, but you'd have to consult it first to know what you're getting yourselves into. Heck, even if you're like a, an affiliate for uh, whatever, uh, Amazon or, or Sweetwater or B&H or wherever you can be an affiliate to, uh, you end up paying taxes on that sort of thing. So it, it's something that you have to keep in mind. Also, the type of show that's out there, it's more than just a podcast anymore. Like we actually do a dual stream. We do uh, a YouTube channel and we do an actual podcast. They're different things. We're able to fit the same show into the two different things, but it's not necessarily a singular podcast. It's a yeah. podcast and it's a YouTube channel, you know? So th there's that differentiation going on and it really doesn't matter to the end consumer. As far as the end consumer is concerned they can listen to us or watch us on YouTube and then they can listen to us in a podcast app. It really doesn't matter to us as long as they get the information. But for some people it matters because they monetize one or the other. So they're prioritizing one or the other. And then you have the startup things like Blab. Like in 2015 when we started, there was this thing called Blab. There is this thing that have started in the last few months that reminds me an awful lot like Blab in its instant success and in the amount of talk I've heard and amount of articles that I've seen on it. It's called Clubhouse. You, you have to get an invite to go into it. And it reminds me of Blab a lot because the same sort of marketing infrastructure that went into Blab at the start is, is in Clubhouse. It's kind of a different mentality, but it's there. And it, it just seems a little bit more like it's meant for, for business people, which isn't bad. But if you're in podcasting to have fun, I, I don't think necessarily Clubhouse is the way to go. And that actually leads to another point that I wanted to talk to tonight about is that is club is stuff like Clubhouse or how podcasting or video shows or, or streaming shows are being successful today. Is it going to be successful at the end of the year? or next year, whenever the pandemic is over with, basically, is the consumption habits going to be the same or not? And I think, no, I think they're going to change. I think some things will stick around, but I think in reality, where you have people running around a little bit more and not tied to their desks at home, I, I think you're, you're going to get a different consumption habit, which will be almost pre-pandemic. And I think some of the newer ways that people are consuming stuff just won't maintain. So as a content creator, I think you have to be wary of that possibility of the shift whenever that shift happens and to be able to roll with it. So don't assume that the way if you've grown an audience during the pandemic, 
don't assume that that audience is going to be there after the pandemic. You're going to have to roll with however the pandemic allows your consumers to listen to your podcast. So I don't know. There's a lot to pack in there, but that's kind of where my mind thought process was going. It's an interesting question that you bring up about about the future of that, because I think there's definitely going to be a change. I would agree with you on that, that you might see a shift back because I know like my consumption habits changed drastically um, where I, I did drop off a lot of traditional podcast consumption methods like through my phone. It's just because I was at home, it was not convenient for me to do that anymore. And I, I went to other ways of consuming a lot of that content. But then I don't know that we would see pre-pandemic because there's two factors in there. Number one, people are now exposed to some of these things. Then, you know, uh, a lot of people I've heard actually a lot of even though I was just talking about the opposite. I've heard a lot of people talk about podcasts in the last year. More co- like. L- less of a weird point about podcasts before I used to be like, oh, a podcast or there was a joke attached with the podcast, but now it's just casual conversation. And it's almost like people have found comfort in that in that content. So I think that's in there, but also workforce shifts. I think that will really depend on what happens. And we won't know for a while whether things are hot air or not. But a lot of workforces are saying that they're going to go to a hybrid model um, of, of we've work. We've heard that. Uh, we've yeah, heard, we've heard We've it. heard that. So it remains to be seen. I, I, I am very, very cautious when I hear any general workforce say that they're going to adopt any at-home procedures just because history doesn't lend itself to that being true. So... If, though, that does end up being the case, then we might not see that big pre-pandemic consumption because we might not have all of those people who were listening to podcasts driving every day, driving as much as they were pre-pandemic. So I think like it could really go either way or more likely might be somewhere in the middle. A couple of interesting points there. I'm 100% back at work in my office. My, my uh, place that I work, it's 100% back to the office. So we're in the office, we're taking care of masking, we're trying to social distance as much as we can. We're going by the CDC guidelines. And uh, is it working? Well, for the most part, basically. But that said, there was an interesting conversation we were having in the office last week about hardcore history. And it's this was not me mentioning it. Like, occasionally I would offhandedly say, hey, have you checked out this podcast or if you heard about these podcasts or whatever, because nobody cares that I podcast at work. Well, they got into a huge discussion of hardcore history because people were talking about what sort of a podcast would they listen to now that they were running back and forth to, to work, you know, driving back and forth to work. Some people have longer commutes than others. And some people were saying, yeah, I just love to hit the, the play, press play on a hardcore history. And before I know it, I'm at work. And, and so the, then the, it wasn't me. The question came from other people. So how many trips to work do you have to to do to get through an episode of Hardcore History? And they were talking, you know, sometimes it takes them a few weeks to get through a episode of Hardcore History because they're so long. And it was interesting to to listen to that conversation because it wasn't a conversation that would have been in my office uh, pre-pandemic. So it, it was interesting there. 
we will be in my, my particular office. We will be back in the office. The only way we would telework is if we were doing some sort of training or personal development that we could do at home, but we have to work at work. So that is our business model. And I think other people will try to do the hybrid model. I think a lot of companies will revert back to, okay, we should probably be back in the office. But I think those employees that are able to demonstrate that they can work in both locations, I think they'll perpetuate that as long as they end up getting results. But as soon as the results aren't there, then of course you got to pull the trigger and bring everybody back. You know, Stephen, we got some interesting comments in our chat yeah. that I would like to talk about. I, I uh, Let's start off with one that takes us way back, actually. Actually, you know what? We'll go to that one in a minute. We'll go with the one that's on topic to what we're talking about right now, which is uh, Liberty Dude says, is doing a podcast just for fun of doing it, meaning you don't want to promote nor care if anyone listens, a bad thing? No, I don't think that it is. Uh, I think that if that is your goal of your podcast, then that's perfectly acceptable. And we've talked about that on Better Podcasting before, is we think you should always have a goal for your podcast when you start it. Before you start it, you should have an idea of what you want to accomplish with that podcast. You need a reason that you're doing that podcast. Otherwise, it's probably not going to do anything. And by that, I mean, it's just going to dry up. Like it's just, you're, you're not going to do the podcast. If your goal is, I want to do a podcast for my own experience. That's what it is. If it's, if it, if it's, I want to do a podcast so that I know how to do a podcast, or I want to do a podcast because it fills time, whatever that is, that, that doesn't involve promotion. That's cool. As long as you're having fun, I don't think it's a bad thing. But now you have to set all of your other expectations based off of what that mission was. And if that is your, your goal going into that podcast where you're like, I want to do a podcast just for me and I do not want to spend any time promoting, promoting I don't care if people listen, then you should not have the expectation that that's going to grow because it's going to be really hard for people to stumble across you. Will you get a little bit here and there? Yes. But if you're not doing any promotion, then it's a completely unrealistic goal that that show is going to grow. And you got to take that out of your, your expectations. So I think as long as you're setting the expectations realistically, have, have fun, have at it. There's people who do some podcasts, um, and they never launch them. They're like, okay, well, I want to try this out. No, I don't like that concept. Okay, I'm going to try another concept. No, I don't like that. But they're still having fun when they do that. And that, that's mm-hmm. fine. And they're gaining experience. And there's a whole bunch of b- benefits that they get. As long as they're not now having the expectation that that perpetual cycle of not releasing is going to get them to release the podcast. As long as they have the realistic expectations that they're in this perpetual cycle of not being happy with it, then whatever. And there's this mentality out there that there's a right way to start a podcast, launch a podcast, do a podcast, whatever. So you have to have X amount of episodes in the can. You got to get out there and promote everything. You got to use your existing email list if you have one. Not everybody has one, but usually businesses kind of have one. So use your email list to promote it, to get everybody subscribed off, off the bat so that when it releases, you can climb up the charts rather quickly so that you can 
fool the algorithms into uh, promoting your podcast to new listeners and the searches and stuff like that. And oh, by the way, you have to get out there and promote. And, and there's a certain way that you should promote and you should spend X amount of your time creating and X amount of your time promoting. And you, you should have some sort of a business goal with X amount of customers. If you're doing a service oriented podcast or X amount of sales or, or yada, yada. And then, uh, you should, uh, put in time for how long your season is going to be. And then at the end of the season, uh, you, you say you might tease a, a comeback if you're doing pretty well, if not, you know, just leave it alone. And then uh, take a, a few months off for the off season and come back again. It's, it's, in a nutshell, it's not as simple as that, but that is one of the ways to do it. And I think, Stephen, you hit the nail on the head when you were saying it really depends on what you want to get out of it. So it, you have to modify all of that. Yes, that is a successful model, but you have to modify that to what you want to do. If you're a hobby podcast and you want to do it for fun, and or you want to do it to build a community that model is not going to work for you and you have to modify that model maybe you don't have to modify it much maybe you have to modify the complete thing but all podcasts are situationally independent of each other and you really have to create a good plan for your own show and if it's just having fun then just make sure you have fun that is under your control to have fun. So have fun. Don't, don't depend on the audience to have fun, but you can have a lot of fun with the audience. I mean, we got a great audience that's in yeah. our chat right now and, and is with us every week. And I really appreciate them as we're podcasting live and I like them and I like the people that listen to us later. And I like the people that come into our discord and interact with us on podcasting and other geeky stuff in the going to geek discord server. I like the, the tweets, that come back and forth. I like the uh, Facebook interactions that you tell me are, are going on because I'm not on Facebook. So <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of stuff that is really cool. I mean, we even get great emails from listeners and, and all that interaction is, is really cool. But at the end of the day, I got to have fun when I'm sitting in the chair talking to you, because if I'm not, there's no reason for me to sit in the chair. And just before we get off of this, I think that if we re phrase this question, not rephrase, but change it slightly. I think that it'll help illustrate why there's no problem with that. Because uh, we were asked, is doing a podcast just for the fun of doing it, meaning you don't promote nor care if anyone listens to bad thing? What if we were to change that question? We were to go, is doing a podcast just for fun, meaning you're not trying to make money and don't care if you make money, a bad thing? Because lots of business podcasters would probably cast judgment with someone who's not trying to make money and we're here for the hobbyists and we go, of course it doesn't matter. It's, it's a fun hobby for us. That's why we do this. So every, I think that that's just sort of a way to frame that it doesn't matter what your, what, what your goal is. Like you're just, just have fun. Right. So anyways, that, that's what I, what, what I think about that. And well, I mean, uh, your goal would be have fun. Yeah. But it, that is your goal. That's so it, it, you do care about your goal that's in, fair. Okay. That, if that's your goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for that, Liberty. dude. That was a really good question on there. I appreciate that. And in our chat, Suncast says he's here for the lollipops. That's what he tries to get out of podcasting. Uh, I don't know of any, any podcast that gives their listeners lollipops, but maybe it exists. Maybe there's a promo out there. 
Yeah, Haru in the chat said referencing guys like Stern and along that line, I'm not going to specifically talk about Stern, but I'm going to talk about another great talk show host that uh, passed away this past week. Larry King uh, interviewed tens of thousands of people. He listened more than he uh, talked and he he fame infamously did not over prepare for his interviews, which worked great for him. I think different people we were talking about situational stuff with podcasts. I think different people will have to really prepare for interviews. I mean, he was a, a, a one, not one of a kind, but that was the, the, the process that worked for him. And Larry King was, was uh, an inspiration to a lot of people. And uh, he will sorely be missed both in the news media and within podcasting just because, and radio, just because of, of what he did. And, uh, if, if his style of doing a show is what inspired you to be a podcaster, then you should probably learn from great people like him. I mean, he's got some books out there and, and there are other people that were like him that you can learn from, but, uh, just also take it with a grain of salt because you are your own person. You're not going to completely emulate somebody and take over for them. You're going to be your own. Per- heck yeah. Take a look at uh, jeopardy with Alex Trebek, who the heck is going to replace Alec Trebek. Nobody. It's going to be a different show without him. And the same thing with shows like uh, the uh, the Larry King live show or whatever talk show. Howard Stern, you guys were were talking about. But yeah, it's it's definitely a specific type of show. Uh, Stephen, you you've done some research into uh, big broadcasters like that. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of actually want to get off the topic and quickly jump back to interviews because we, we don't talk sure. a lot about interview shows here, but I actually saw a really interesting interview that I think um, is a good example on what not to do. Uh, a lot of times when people do interviews, they get so wrapped up in the questions that they've pre-formulated that they don't listen. And why I wanted to bring this up was because what you're just saying with, um, uh, sorry, you're tapping Larry your... King. Yeah, Larry King. He's okay. listening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're tapping your headphones. I thought something was wrong technically. So <laughs> no, no, no I, I was I was literally trying to okay. embody the listening okay. that Larry King did during his interview process. Yeah. So anyways, you brought it up with, with Larry King and, and his listening. Right. And that was a big thing. And a lot of people gave him crap because of that. But that was a big part of it was the listening and letting people speak. And I cannot remember from for the life of me right now. I'm blanking on who it was. Um. We're recording this in January uh, 2021. Last week, there was a a meme going around of Bernie Sanders at the inauguration because he he didn't look like a guy that was going to an inauguration, but he had another photo that went around where he was holding a manila envelope, just like an office envelope. And everybody's like, what are you doing? Like you're hitting the post office after you go to the inauguration. But Here's where it ties in here, right? Because people are like, what was in the envelope that was so important to bring to the inauguration? I saw an interview, which was the day after or two days after. And I don't remember which late night host it was, but they totally screwed up the interview. They asked him what was in there. He ends up making a joke, something like, well, that's top secret information. And they have a little laugh. And on the screen, you can see Bernie Sanders, politician, his mouth is open and he goes to actually answer it properly. But the host is now on to his next question because he's not paying attention and he steamrolls him, mouth closes, 
there's that lost opportunity. Uh, there, there was a conversation that was going to happen, and it was a, a real good example of, of how everybody makes mistakes, but sometimes you need to give that pause when you're doing an interview because you don't know what else is going to come out. He might not have been saying anything. He might have just had his mouth open, but it sure looked like a moment where he was going to say something else. And you, you don't know, but I, I just thought it was a really good example on making sure that you let your interviewee speak because sometimes they got to take a moment to make their joke or think about what they're going to say. And you miss that opportunity if you steamroll them. So I just wanted to mention that. All right. Yeah, I was as you were talking, I was going through uh, a Google search and trying to find out what was in the envelope. <laughs> and, and there are no stories about that. There is a, a couple of tweets that actually show the envelope. Uh, it's just a normal uh, Manila, Manila envelope. Right? Oh, his inauguration tickets came in it. That's what we're, I don't know if that's what was in it, but it was the envelope that his tickets were in. So yeah, Bernie Sanders needed tickets for the inauguration. That's, that's kind of funny. That's funny. Um, but we had, well, actually, I guess if you were dressed like him, you'd probably need tickets to get in too. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but moving off of that, let's talk a little bit about one of the other questions we had come up. Uh, Liberty Dude said, interesting to see you decided to do a live chat show instead of your main show. So at the beginning of this, we talked about how we missed last week's Better Podcasting main show. We talked about this and there was a specific reason we decided that we were going to do tonight's live chat. And that's because while we have a lot of people that listen to both of these shows, possibly all of our audience listens to both of these shows. We don't know for sure. The reality is we reference both shows quite a bit. And like this one here, especially we'll reference our main show because we think of this show as a companion to the main show. But we recognize that they're two, through two separate feeds and we've established over the last year an order to the release schedule, which is every other week on both of these shows. And mm -hmm. that's the way that we've done the rotation. So somewhere in someone's mind, they might have in their routines that they know that this week is a better podcasting live chat and next week is a better podcasting main show. And if we were to have gone and done the main show this week, we would have ruin that rotation and that release schedule on both shows because now they're offset of where they were. Might not have been a problem, but again, there might have been people who just inherently know this is the week that I'm listening to Better Podcasting Live Chat if they yeah. only listen here, right? So that was kind of, I yeah. think, the bottom line why we decided to is just to keep the cycle intact because that's the way that we've established these. So that was why we did Better Podcasting Live Chat this week. Yeah, we're essentially two different bi-weekly shows yeah. now, is, is what it is. We both talk about podcasting, but they're slightly uh, different format. Now, uh, the way we stream it is very similar, right? Because we use the same templates, we use the same uh, uh, capability to, to go out and that sort of thing. But this is not prepared. Uh, we might have a few notes in our document, but we haven't scripted out anything. This is just us talking back and forth, more free-from conversation. and. We allow more comments in from the chat room because with a better podcasting main show that that's mostly like us in the studio and the audience is is watching us. But this is interactive with our audience, which is great because we're able to go back and forth with the chat room uh, like Betsy. She just gave us uh, another message in the chat room that I want to talk about. So whenever you're ready, Stephen, we can move on to Betsy. OK, we're ready. Uh, Betsy said, hi, first off, thanks for show number 243 of the better podcasting main show titled how much time it takes to start a podcast. 
It energized me and gave me a much needed wake up call about getting help when necessary. I reached out to a podcast consultant and we'll be hiring her for a consultation. And she does name the podcast consultant, which is very familiar to us, Stephen. It's Emily Prokop. So a great consultant to have for, for a podcast. And I'm glad Betsy was able to reach out to somebody for that consultation to help her get over some of those hurdles. Because if you're just having problems, there are people out there that can help you get over those hurdles and start your podcast. Uh, there are consultants that uh, specialize in that. And there are consultants or I would say more like producers, which will stay with your show for as long as you want. So I think that's great. So I'm glad that we were able to give Betsy some help there. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing Betsy promote her first episode to us so I can go listen to it. <laughs> yeah, um, I have to say that I do really enjoy hearing uh, stories like this because it's all about people growing, right? And and I love that about hobby podcasting is people are learning as they go and they reach out to others and sometimes they need to get a consultant. Sometimes they learn elsewise. And I just love to hear about that growth. I think that it's a, a really neat thing and I just love it. I love it. She has a second uh, comment there that I want to talk about because as a podcaster, the more and more you podcast, the more this sort of thing will get to you. So she says, second, I have been listening to some really bad podcasts. Not well edited, noise volume, mic drops. Ah! I, I guess literally mic drops. Ooh, I'm shuddering. <laughs> Unless it's like a really bad like Blue Yeti microphone or something like that. That's fine. Mic drop that all you want. <clears throat> and she goes on to say, and I am learning a lot. Uh, they are cringeworthy. And sadly, I like the content, the content in many of them. Great educational tool for me anyway. I want to scream at them. Listen to better podcasting. <laughs> First yeah. off, that's very kind that that comes to your mind. Thank you. Um, secondly, yeah, uh, you know what? The audio issues, it's something that bugs people or doesn't bug people. And I, I've, I've said this before that I kind of feel like the industry is changing and more people are getting irritated with that because there's more content. And a lot of people know that if I can't really make out what you're saying, there's probably someone else that I can turn to. So. Uh, and plus the factor of big professional podcasts coming in and that might be someone's gateway into podcast consumption. And if that's what they know, so the first podcast that they listen to is a well-produced podcast. And now they go to seven guys sitting around the blue Yeti in the middle of a uh, bathroom. Uh, you know, there's a bit of an audio difference, right? Seven, what are seven guys doing podcasting in a bathroom? You know what? Maybe it's the only quiet place in the dorm, okay? Yeah, well, if yeah, if it's college dorm, and you might be right about that, <laughs> especially if it's a Friday or Saturday night. Uh, I, I think that uh, I cringe at a lot of audio and probably to the detriment of me being able to enjoy the content because some of the stuff is just not going to be able to be good audio content, unfortunately. I've been consuming a lot of YouTube channels, as I guess a lot of people have discovered all the variety of different content that is available on YouTube that is was continued to be uh, produced during the pandemic, you know, when a lot of TV shows weren't. And so I think there was a lot of audience that went over there. And I think a lot of YouTubers weren't really prepared for the uh, additional audience that they had come in 
to YouTube because of the pandemic. I think some of them took that pivot really quickly and ran with it. And some of them are still kind of stuck with, oh yeah, this is how I always want to do it. And the reason I'm bringing that up is from the audio quality standpoint, we will leave the video quality on the floor here. Uh, the audio quality really bugs me. It really bugs me uh, in the live when they're talking into a, uh, uh, well, a, a webcam microphone or a laptop microphone or something like that, that does not normalize. You're not compressing it at all. So when the voices get loud, they crackle. When the voices get low, you can't hear them. And I do have a problem with that. And I'm, you know, thinking of different ways of, you know, maybe I should just download this and, and, uh, compress it myself before I listen to it. And yeah, some of it's live content. So that's, you know, just difficult to do. Uh, and then, and I feel for these guys, I really do. The people that are out and about and they're going live on their cell phones and the microphone is only on one side of the cell phone. So they'll start the oh, stream. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And they'll start the stream with the camera, with the front facing camera on them. And that's the microphone. The main microphone that it's using is the front facing microphone. And then they switch to either interview a subject or the handoff of the phone to their cameraman or whatever. And then they go in front and you can't hear anything that they're saying because the microphone on the phone is still on the back, which is the front of the phone. And it is not where mm -hmm. the camera is on the back. And it's, I, I can't listen. Okay. I guess I'm not going to watch this anymore. So I will uh, stream through it. I will quickly go through it just to see if I don't miss any cool video things that happen, but I'm not going to sit there and listen to I'm not going to listen to that for an hour. Sorry. It's, it's not going to, I'm not even going to have that on in the background when I'm making dinner. It's just not going to happen or cleaning or something like that. So no, I will, will just go right through it. And unfortunately I think before I started podcasting, I would have been fine with that. But now that I have produced my own shows and been podcasting for 10 years, it's a sticking point for me. So it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing that I know how to do it. It's a bad thing that it ruins some good content. Uh, let's change gears here for a minute. Cause I wanted to mention something that came up, uh, within the last couple of weeks that, uh, you had found an article about, and then I just actually had a couple comments on YouTube today about it. And what okay. it is, is about zoom hardware. If you didn't know this, I use the zoom L eight right now. I also have the L12 that I use for an extended period. And recently there was an article or, or a blog post or whatever you want to call it on a website called Third Wheel Podcast Studio. And essentially it's somebody saying that they can't get Zoom the Zoom L8 to properly work with AMD processors. So if you didn't know this, there's... Okay, people are going to be like, there's more than that, but let's just make it simple here. Generally, there is an uh, Intel processors and AMD processors in the PC, the Windows stream of things, okay? Again, if you're going to send your hate mail to me about all the other things, I'm keeping it simple here. We got a lot of non-technical non people. So Intel is the one that for a long time here, for pretty much the last decade, has had a stronghold on, on the pro processor market. Now, AMD has had their their limelight, but then in recent years, they've also started to pick up again and and really, you know, shunned Intel in some things as well. So it's kind of in a little bit of a back and forth pull over the last couple of years. But here's the thing. 
these guys are saying that the Zoom L8 does not always work with AMD processors. And the point of this blog post, which um, I'll put over there at betterpodcasting.com a link to, apparently Zoom, this is according to this website, Zoom has admitted that it's it's not um, fully compatible with AMD processors. And the point of this post that they made was basically don't bother using an L8 um, with an AMD processor. Now, here's the thing that I want to mention. I am using a Zoom L8 and have been for the last, I don't know what, SB, a year and a half? A couple year. of years, yeah. yeah. And in the summer, I upgraded to an AMD processor. Now it is a high, uh, one of the newer higher-end processors. It's the uh, AMD Ryzen 3900 XT. And then I am just for reference, the motherboard itself using the uh, uh, Gigabyte Aorus X50 Elite Wi-Fi. Nice. So anyways, the reason I'm mentioning that is because all the techie nerds now that were writing those angry emails to me will be knowing that that's a modern chipset and a mo like a current generation chipset for the motherboard and a current generation processor. And maybe that's the difference. So I wanted to bring this up because we also had someone on YouTube today comment on a couple of posts. Uh, I think it was the same person asking about the PodTrack P4, whether it works with AMD. And then we also had a comment on the Zoom L12 follow-up review that I did. But this is, you know, potentially all related to that one post. And there could be reasons why it's not working. There could authentically be a problem. But one of the things with AMD processors, when I upgraded, I went back and forth between Intel and AMD because my research was telling me that the AMD would be the better processor spec sheet right now, right now compared to the Intel options that were available, better bang for the buck, and just that they were doing things better compared to the current generation Intel processor. But one of the things that almost made me go Intel was because in general, there is still feels to be more reliability as far as cross compatibility with historical products with Intel. Now, for many people, this isn't a problem. And, and, and as such, I would, you know, still recommend AMD processors to many people. Like I said, I, I went with one and I'm very happy with it. But that was sort of something that I couldn't shake. And I don't know, is this a problem with the hardware, with the Zoom hardware? Or is this a problem that is because the Zoom product is doing quite a bit with the USB bus? And it's actually exposing problems with people's AMD configuration. And an example I'll give of that was when I was doing my research this year, I was reading a lot of people that were saying that if you're going, like when you buy memory, you should look for RAM that is marked as being AMD compatible. While most people won't have problems otherwise, you should spend the extra 20 bucks if you can, because there are situations where that might make a difference when it comes to the, the technical way that memory currently works. Won't get into that on this show. I could explain after, uh, otherwise why that, that allegedly mattered. So very well, potentially, Zoom might be seeing this issue of, of the problems being only on AMD because people are misconfiguring their systems and they don't have the right support to figure that out. 
Potentially, it could be that they built a bad product that doesn't work with AMDs. I don't know what it is. I, I haven't talked to Zoom. I, I will confess right now, my experience with the Zoom support, I have not been 100% satisfied with. You know, I, I won't get too harsh on here just because of the fact that I got to watch what I say. But I, I have not had the best support experience with Zoom products as far as feeling like they understood what I was saying. And I kind of had to push things back a couple of times. And that was my experience. So I, I kind of wonder, is that part of the reason why? But the bottom line, if you are using an AMD processor, you should be aware that this is what some people are claiming. Now, it could be a matter of one person had this experience uh, or not one person, a few people had this experience or many people had this experience, doesn't matter what it is, with a certain generation of processor and it was only there. And Zoom's response was, we're just going to blanket say it doesn't work with AMD. It's a valid thing that you should think about if, if that's the case. On the other hand, I should say right now that when people get angry, people like to get mad at companies and then they like to blast everything. Like I said, a couple comments on a couple different videos, same person today. So it could also be overshadowed on the other hand. Like I said, I've been using the Zoom LA. I am a success case. There's probably failure cases, well, right? Well, so, you're, you're a case. I'm, I'm yeah. a case. So I wanted to mention it from the knowledge perspective about the Zoom products. I am going to make an effort here to, um, to try the P4. Don't know I'm going to be able to try it like regularly with it. But I'm, I might switch the L8 back for the L12 just so we can get another benchmark, see what happens, right? Get some more knowledge that we can share with the audience um, and, and report back on this. Because, hey, I've got an AMD processor. It is the higher end one. It is the current gen. It's the current gen chipset. But I want to at least report back because if all of a sudden I'm seeing issues and SP is using Intel hardware with the P4 and he's fine, we want to report that because this... This seems like it's an issue if that's what Zoom has on their site. Again, I haven't confirmed that. This just came up. So I wanted to mention it for that way, but also um, say that I am a success case. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've mentioned it before. I'm not really sold on either the Rodecaster Pro, the L8, the P8 uh, for this generation to replace for my main board right now. I mean, if push comes to shove, I don't know. Maybe the Rodecaster Pro just because it would replace some stuff on my desk and I could go to a smaller profile and add some more monitors, I guess, maybe. But I'm, I'm not really sold on any of it. And for a lot of different reasons, the L8 really, I mean, it's a great capability that wasn't around when I started podcasting. And if you choose the L8, uh, just make sure you know what the limitations are, just like the Rodecaster Pro and the H8, the P8 the P4, just make sure that you know the limitations before you get into them. And uh, there's always the, the cost trade-off too, right? The, the performance for the cost. But uh, the one thing that I will say in, in that I've said on the podcast before, I'm really disappointed that the H8 did not have a mix minus on board. Uh, and it makes me question a little bit uh, the, the whatever's going on behind the scenes with Zoom. And their their dedication to support podcasting, I, I just I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it before. Music by far is is the more profitable thing for for them to support. So I'm not surprised, but it, it would be nice if 
they would have been able to compete with other things like the uh, mix pre sound devices sort of of line with the uh, portable recorder with a mix minus on board, that sort of thing. But that is nothing that is not the same issue here with the AMD support or the Intel support. And I will be interested, Stephen, to hear your uh, your experience with all of them and see if if you have some and I will experience the P4 and we'll go back and forth and see if we can duplicate whatever issues that you have with your p4 with mine because i am running intel but i think that's going to take us towards the end of the show before we do wrap up i just want to mention that we do have that awesome discord server that you kind of mentioned earlier uh if you go to betterpodcasting.com slash discord we got a lot of great conversation about podcasting that happens in between the different shows that we do so we'd love to have you come over and check that out and interact with us in the Better Podcasting live chat channel. That's not a live chat channel, but the Better Podcasting channel over on the Discord. And if you have questions about podcasting, ask them there because we got lots of people who are willing to answer and give their experience. There are different experiences that people have than us, as we just talked about. And, you know, we try to give what we think is our best opinion and other people might have another solution of some form. And hey, we're not there. Like, if we disagree with feedback, we'll obviously say we disagree for this reason. Like, we're not going to sit there and hang out to dry, but we do encourage other people to give other solutions. And um, we won't we won't say, hey, that that's a bad decision just because we disagree with it. We'll, uh, we'll explain why we disagree, but we won't just say, hey, your opinion's different than ours. So uh, definitely come check that out uh, and chat with us over there. We encourage everybody who is in the community also to share their opinion because sometimes they, they like I said, you disagree with us and that's okay. Go ahead, put that in there. SP, is there anything that you would like to mention before we close up? Just because I know it's been a couple of weeks since we did better podcasting. Yeah, I, I guess I, I probably should be upfront about this that uh, that I'm doing this right now because I just want to be transparent. But I was asked, uh, I don't know, about nine months ago to be one of the moderators on a uh, subreddit about podcasting. It's the podcasting subreddit. And I have been moderating it over there and I've really been enjoying that community over there and just the the breadth of of uh, the the uh, questions and stuff like that, and I think at future better podcasting lives, I want to talk about some of the the issues with moderating a, a forum. I've been talking to other Reddit moderators and and uh, Discord moderators and stuff like that, and, there, and there's definitely some things about moderating communities that I think I want to talk about. It, it, probably in the better podcasting live chat would be the better place to to throw those conversations. So look out for that. And I just want to be upfront with everybody. I mean, my, my username is on there, so it's no secret, but I am one of the moderators over there. And it's been an interesting experience. I know we once discussed that, but it might have, I don't know if we did a whole topic. I think we just did a, a download or something on that idea. But yeah, I definitely challenges with any community moderation for sure. Yeah, and, and this is another topic that I wanted to talk about in conjunction with that is that basically podcasters will try to get away with it or anything. So yeah, this is a whole thing that I want to talk about in a, uh, a future episode of Better Podcasting Live. Maybe what we should do is we should start a channel that you can only be a podcaster and you can only promote podcasts in it. So 
If you're not a podcast, you can't view that channel. So you're only promoting your podcast to other podcasts, pastors. This I will say before we <laughs> sign off is make sure that you check the rules of whatever community that you're in before you start posting. All right. So for another episode of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, I know you got that joke somewhere. Yeah, there's a lot of spam. <laughs> and MSP saying, thank you for dropping by. We look forward to seeing you around and we will talk at you next time. Bye. See ya. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week. <laughs>